Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. Today, we're talking about technical and operational debt. What things have you done in your business which actually cause you a legacy, which you need to go and fix up as you go forward? So Scott and I will be talking to that about that. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. My name's Nick and with me I have... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hello. I am great. Thank you, Nick. How are you going? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. So where are we? What are we drinking? We are in virtual rooms today, uh, just, for, just for the ease of uh, ease of it for uh, both of us, I think, given what's happening with all the um, madness around end of financial year, we're just very busy at the moment. But that's, that's a good thing, better busy than bored. Um, yes. Are we drinking? I've got, I have got this lovely bottle, uh, oop, there we go, um, it's a Shiraz, 2010 Shiraz uh, from Contentious Character, they're down in uh, Wamboin, um, just that sort of canberra so um yes and um so this was one of the um one of the bottles of the original um people that used to run, um, own it and therefore the founders uh museum version and it's a new group down there now and yeah it's, it's quite nice it's got a bit of age to it it hasn't gotten to that point where it's like just sort of off-coloured water and it's um it's, it's very good <laughs> but i have a um cap sav um, from yes. South Australia, um, which is a Cambridge Crossing 2018, which is actually it's 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 one of those it's one of those ones. It's it's not too heavy for a cab stab, but it's very drinkable. It's very yummy. So um, Ooh, um, well, that's, that's the what important I will thing, be isn't it? Vibing during this one, it is the important thing. Because I've tried some, let's say, very expensive bottles, and I've tried a very cost-efficient bottle, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. It, it, it. Sometimes it is, but certainly, like on our flight back from Melbourne last week, it wasn't hard to tell the difference. That was well, that was truly revolting. Yes, but I saw it coming. <laughs> you did. I'm going. This is strange. I was sitting next to Scott on a plane. And I went. This is strange. Scott's drinking water. It's not like Scott. And and then I realised why. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's. Yeah. Anyway. So cool. Excellent. So technical and operational debt. Let's have a let's have mm. a chat about that and, and and talk about what it means. So let's 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 start. And you, the reason we're talking about this is it's the end of financial year. Indeed. Um, so lots lots of businesses are busy, and this is one of the times when if you've got bad operational processes or bad systems, you can quickly tell that they're holding you back. True, and um, and also it could be a time when you're needing to make a quick decision around something, um, <laughs> such as, oh, look, I, here's my list of things I was supposed to achieve this year. I've done 9 out of 10, and if I do 10 out of 10, I get a bonus. I've got a day left. Oh, this <laughs> thing's supposed to take a month. What am I going to do? Here's a quick way to fix it. <laughs> yes. Oh, Putting good some, point. I hadn't thought yes. about that. The, the quick and dirty things, and those are things that create debt that you need to go and fix later. Right, it, it is. So when you're when you're putting something, perhaps not the best solution in place to quickly fix a problem, which gives mm -hmm. you immediate benefit, 
but the long-term impact of that benefit is perhaps dubious at best. So it's a good example, I think, of like that. And this is actually, it's quite done. It's, it's in something we call in technical architecture, buy before build. Um, so it's, it's pretty easy now and, and has actually been easy throughout most of technology. Um, and I think, you know, to give a bit of a history lesson, we saw this with Visual Basic 6. Businesses would have somebody who kind of knew how to drive it because they learned some macros and would start building applications in their business. And then we saw this with Lotus Notes, where this vast array of applications appeared in the business. And now we're seeing it with Power Apps, where not what we call citizen developers, i.e. non-software guys, go and build applications that produce instant value to the business, and they do mm. them really quickly. And they're incredibly valuable up front. They're, they're, they're really cool. But as we'd know, we then tend to get them a few years later where that person's left or they're not supporting them anymore. The technology is a bit obsolete. They still form a business purpose. But everyone goes, oh, this is old. This is clunky because UI's moved, really. And then what do you do with those things? So you have to get back to it. So that, that creates technical debt. And, and business, if you're right? lucky, you may even find a comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And that's, that's what I think you learn when you're a software developer. When you put comments in, because we come back to our code and we have to refresh it. If you put comments in, you can find out what you actually were thinking when you wrote that. Whereas citizen developers just write it and there's very rarely a comment anywhere. And when you go mm -hmm. back to it, you go, it's unmaintainable. So, so the thing that costs almost nothing to build, um, but has a ridiculous long-term cost because you've now got to support it, maintain it, extend it. Etc. 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 So it's like True. doing a it's like doing a quick and dirty repair on your kitchen. Yes. Okay. And look, I'd even think about it in the same sort of context of here's five problems in the business. How do we fix these quickly? Oh, here's five different SaaS apps that address that, and you quickly go and address put five different SaaS apps in place, and your immediate problem in each of those five business areas is, is resolved. Now you're actually looking at oh, hang on. Um, business area number two or number three needs data for business area number one. How do we get that? Well, they're in different systems. Oh, maybe yep. they can talk to each other. I hope they can. And all of a sudden, you're spending more time getting A to talk to B than you are actually running your business. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And then that's, that becomes a, a, a debt because then you've got to move off it at some stage to move to something that does integrate and that's going to cost you pain and money and all sorts of things. SAS is funny, right? So, so it used to be that if I wanted to deploy an application, I needed to buy some hardware and get some techs in. And so there's all this process to work out if I wanted it. Now I just go, normally I can get a free trial. And before I know it, my business is running on it and I pull out the credit card and pay for it. And that's that, even that, although those systems tend to be highly available, they tend to not have some of the older legacy technical issues, still create that in your business. Yes. Having had one of the businesses previously that used to be very happy selling big lots of hardware and buckets of professional services for every new application, I find this current state of affairs rather depressing. But anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. So that's, that's one thing. But there's other debt, right? It's older stuff. The stuff you've tried to sweat the asset. Mm. And we always we say, we, we kind of always say, in software development, it's really easy to upgrade from the last version to this version. It's normally takes five minutes. You make it five versions ago, and it's going to take you weeks. Mm. Right. So, so that sweating the asset doesn't always give you the benefit you think it, it does. It, it, look, it, it it's good on a financial level on the books, um, 
I mean, a, a number of years ago, I was at a bank in the US and I had to get something done. So I gave them my details and they literally walked me over to another desk and sat me down. They put a bit of paper in a typewriter and started typing. <laughs> and I, and I, I thought it was there for show. Like, yeah, we, here's our origins of where we came from. But they're actually using it during the day. And I'm, oh, um, I see. Uh, it's, wow. it's productive to some degree. I mean, all the letters look nice. Um, yep. But... Um, and it keeps the ribbon manufacturers in, in work, I suppose. But the, um, yeah. yeah. But someone's going to eventually have to take that piece of paper and type it into a system. So you've already typed it twice. That's what they did straight afterwards. Oh, that's. <laughs> and and that's, that's the thing that you, you know, capturing the data once somewhere and now retyping it somewhere else. And it, it yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and it's, it's only it's because funny. at some point in time, they used to handwrite this like you know, 20 years before that or 30 years before it. And someone's worked out, oh, it's neater and people can read it better if we use a typewriter. And no and one's so come back to revisit no the process. No one's gone and looked at it again. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really funny. It's um, I, I saw this, um, I think I was at an accounting conference and there's a guy on stage and he's saying, now, if you want to run the modern practice, you should run this SaaS app and this app and this app and this app and this. And he mentioned like 10 different SaaS apps that you want to run together, half of which don't really talk to each other and, and half of which kind of do. And although it solves each of the individual problems he highlighted, so that was kind of useful, you mm -hmm. end up with this massive technical debt in your practice that I'm watching practices now try to unravel themselves from. Because although they they suddenly leapt ahead of their competition, well, their competition had been a bit more considered and, and actually implemented things that integrate together, and now their competition have fast-followed and raced ahead of them, and, and that's that's kind of an interesting space to be. So so it's that choice, right? Do I keep what I've got? Do I pay my maintenance, or do I get SaaS apps? Which ones do I get? Who's going to look after them? How are they going to integrate? How am I going to make it support? None of these are things you can do on the the 29th of June, just before the end of the financial year, you, you need to think of them a bit more carefully. That's right. That's right. Um, it, so as you were talking then, I was just thinking of uh, Zapier, uh, yeah. which is a, uh, for those of you who don't know Zapier, uh, it's a bit of uh, software that runs on the web. It's a SaaS application itself. And its sole purpose is to grab data from one application and stick it into another. And it's got all these interfaces, like hundreds and probably thousands by now, I don't know, of interfaces available that connect into every single application they can find to allow these applications to talk together. It's like a babblefish yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep talking. I'm about to sneeze. That's all right. <laughs> and this is the beauty about doing things remotely. Now, that's all right. anyway. I can, I, I'm not going to sneeze, but I'm going to keep my mute button really close to me in case in case it happens. Something got up my nose. Anyway. <laughs> So I was um, hearing something the other day. Uh, someone did some analysis of the uh, maintenance costs of their hardware uh, over time because they're saying, look, um, the one model we had was we'd put some network gear in or something like that. And it had sit there for, you know, five years. And then after five years, you look, well, we should replace that. But then you think, well, that's actually, yeah, it's working. You know, it hasn't been a problem. Let's just leave it another year, another year. And all of a sudden, it's eight, nine years old for a switch or something like that. Um, but yeah. because it's in an important part of the business, they keep paying maintenance every year on the switch. And at the end, it might have been a you know, $2,000 switch to start, at which point they've actually worked out they've paid $6,000 in maintenance over that time to maintain the $2,000 switch wow. um, to make sure that it keeps working. Uh, and this is in, in difference to things like using a SaaS-based application where you wouldn't even need that network infrastructure in the first place. And your maintenance is just built in and happens dynamically. 
it, it is interesting. But you know, this is this session is called technical and operational debt, and we've spent spent ages now talking about technical debt, which is something I know really well. Um, but one thing I don't know so much about, and you know more, is operational debt. What's what's yeah. operational debt? So look, it, 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 I mean, at the end of the day, debt is debt. I mean, it, uh, and in the true sense of the world, uh, word, if you take out a loan from a from a bank, you've got debt, and you pay interest every month or quarter or year, whatever it is, to service that debt until you pay it off. There's no difference in the concept for operational processes than there is for technical projects. So let's say I have a business. Uh, and I'm here at the end of the financial year, and I'm looking at, oh, I wonder how we get this to happen quickly. And all of a sudden, someone says, "Quick, get all the paper off that desk, put it on a put it on a chair or a bike or something like that, and move it across onto another desk, whatever it's going to be." Great, that's already well. The problem's gone. But you're then looking back, going, "Well, what what did that really achieve?" It's a, it's a very quick fix for something that is not going to actually solve a problem, or it's going to achieve an immediate result. But if that's the process that you put in place now to fix the problem now, let's hope that you come back and address it very quickly. Otherwise, that dodgy little process you've just done is going to be around in five or 10 years time because that's what the staff have learned about the process. This is how it works. Um, we saw this in um, in a manufacturing issue uh, recently where, um, and this is sort of um, very current because with the uh, the chip crisis and the uh, lack of supply and availability, people are starting to look at their supply lines very closely. Go, why does it take so long to get something? Get it from here to here. Why does it? What's stopping this? And they're finding out things like chips are getting or raw components are getting made in one place, then they're shipped to another country where something happens to them. Then they're shipped somewhere else where something else happens to them. Then they're shipped back to the first place who does something, and then ships them to somewhere else who adds some gold plating, who then ships them back to where they were. Well, why couldn't we add the gold plating here? Is it, well, there's some tax incentives in this other country that said we can do it for a somewhat less by actually putting it on a boat, sending it over there, and then having them send it back. You know, this, this is crazy. And all of this adds time and effort into the process that could be done more efficiently if looked at as a whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I and that's that's really interesting. One of the things we find, I think, when we look at business processes is they they tend to have evolved um you know especially in smaller businesses and to an extent in large enterprises as well at least large enterprises continually look at their business processes a lot of them do and try to make them more efficient in small business a lot of processes evolve and they normally evolve because something went wrong Yes. So you have a fairly simple process that gets more and more and more complex because you're trying to account for people making mistakes. Commonly, instead of training or better documentation or those sorts of things, you you say, right, this must be printed out. Well, why must it be printed out? Because I want a physical record of it. Well, why do you want a physical record of it? Because, well, one day in 20 years ago, somebody did this thing. And if I have a physical record, I can find out who it was uh, rather than go and fix it that's where these processes get can get arcane they can get infernally complex they can um, there's a, a there's a very good example of one that people probably don't realize and that's the tax act so yes. if you ever look at the tax act not that i've actually read the, the tax act by the way but when you when you see the the photos of people walking into parliament or something with you know two and a half thousand pages of paper and they put it on the desk and they oh, is that the tax act it's, no no that's the next update um yes <laughs> and you sort of realize how much complexity there is but in reality there is one page that says how much you're supposed to pay. 
if you earn whatever, you pay this much. Okay. The rest of it is based on all the exceptions and other rules that apply that you can do this or that if you've done this or do it. They're all the extra rules that have been added in. And it got to the point where it's actually that complex now because of all those extra rules or extra things that have been added over time. Yep. And and nobody really understands it, which means is it actually oh. fit for purpose anymore is probably a question. <laughs> I know there's a lot of proponents for just flat rate tax and 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 you could start that again and then in you know, 40 years time you do it again and you'll get more complex and you could just wash rinse and repeat this forever it'd be fascinating that's, but, that's the point where nobody is wrong because even if you're right you can't explain why yeah so so if your processes are really inefficient you can get mm. really tied up into them processes can be okay initially and can get worse over time but all of this is like i've got limited dollars i've got limited people i've got limited things how can I use them for the best result, right? And 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 that is ultimately look management one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, of of all the time I've, I've spent sort of studying management process and whatever else, it really comes down to how do I make the best use of the limited resources I have? Because I haven't got unlimited money to throw at something. I haven't got you know people sitting at the door waiting for me to go and you do that, you do that, you do. That. I've got a small limited number of people, regardless of the size of the organisation, that can actually do something. So this is how do we make that process at least effective to start and yep. then how do we make it efficient and that's a very important order by the way it it, it it's it really is um yes it's yes and there's there's no point all streamlining and automating a rubbish process that's right um and we'll, i will talk about that in a bit but so <laughs> yeah on review and i know you've looked at some stats around this on average how many hours a day out of the eight hour workday do employees complete things which you consider to be moving the bus forward high value work and how much time do they spend doing rubbish yeah I, and I, I don't I, I don't mean I don't mean having conversations with each other and slacking off I mean things they have to do which don't add much value hmm. so um, I, I saw this uh these stats the other day and it was quite interesting there um, and look they're right or wrong this is only one one view or one uh, analysis of quite a lot of uh, different businesses but they worked out that the average person will spend 2.8 hours in a day actually doing the productive really this is what you're here for this is going to make us money this is going to achieve our goal sort of work which says if you're around for seven and a half hours in a day um, what is the extra 4.7 being used for? Yes. And yep. that's the issue. It's it's less productive things. It's And it could be things like I'm working on part of the process that is, you know, what the part of what the business does, but it's just really inefficient use of time to do it. It's an effective process because it spits out the result at the other end, uh, but it just doesn't seem to get there. Um, I'll... I'll I had the uh, immediate thought of um, that uh, we caught an Uber at the um, at the airport where we were in Melbourne uh, recently, yep. and um, we came out of the airport and we're sitting, um, well, standing at the Uber area, and the Uber, unfortunately, the, the car that got assigned to us was uh, two roads away, which meant it was behind a barrier or something, and had to go around and circle back. That circle back thing was two kilometres long. Yes. It involved three U-turns and some quirky little direction and you look at how who designed this how is that ever going to work for anybody <laughs> yes, anyway it was it was ridiculous it was I mean, we, we could see ridiculous. the car it was yeah it's there we anyway it was very interesting yes it's but a process that they've created which which is inefficient so it, it was effective it did work but yes 
okay, I could do this. I could write down all my processes, teach them to all my staff, and make sure they followed them. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, cool. That's that. That's that five hours of non-productive stuff there. <laughs> um, but we've got computers, and computers are good at automating that kind of that kind of stuff. If we were to do that and make processes more efficient, what kind of revenue impact do you start having on businesses? You know, you've looked at some studies on that. Yeah, look, this this is the really interesting thing. So the, uh, the, there is an estimate that says 20 to 30% revenue impact exists due to inefficiencies in business processes. Wow. Now that's, and that assumes that whatever you're, you, you're doing, someone could come in and go, oh, if we massage the way this worked and changed this and did that, and why do you do that? No one actually uses the output of that process and all these other things. We could, in theory, make your business more efficient, generate 20 to 30% more revenue for the same amount yep. of cost. And all of a sudden, that's where really you start to look at the you know, like EBITDA margins and your gross margins for your offerings on the on the bottom line and to see what comes along. And you know, if you can do something for less with the same resources that you have, that's big. That is a big improvement on things. Yep. No, I hear you. I hear you. It, it is a big improvement. So we're working on we're working on extending our hub one tools at the moment into offering mm. some process automation stuff. Um, so that's going to be really interesting, and we've got a lot of customer interest in that at the moment. There is, there is, and it goes into workflows. It goes into automation. Uh, but at the same at the same time, the, the magic application is not going to solve your problems. Um, no. it's a, it, it is uh, the, having the right tools certainly helps. But if you're not using it the right way, if you're know, if you're holding a hammer on the wrong end, it's not going to be banging that nail in very effectively. Yeah, uh, and I, th- I think I think that's why we tend to wrap it in some consulting, some business analysis to yeah. look at those processes, streamline those processes, and then go and implement them. Hmm. I've seen some um, SaaS apps that say, look, we do all this, this, and this, and you oh, that's exactly what I want. So you, you get a, a free trial account, you go in and try it out, and you go, oh, this is quite complex. Where do I start? Why? There are like 100 options. What am, hmm. yep. And then you look at the reference video they have of someone who's actually achieved it. What they don't show you is that, yes, they had a consulting firm in for six months with four people, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So yeah, get the, get the initial thing done. Um, so it, it is true, but you just be wary that you you need to be focused on the on the operational side, the the business process. People, are business analysts, uh, project managers, even uh, I think we've spoken before that they're sort of a key resource at the moment, hard to get, but they are the ones that are really going to drive the efficiencies in the process. The last part of it, can we automate the process? Now that we've yeah. actually made it really efficient in concept, so yeah, no, absolutely. So don't automate a bad process. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Exactly, exactly. It's the what we want to avoid. Absolutely, that's been awesome, Scott. That's been very interesting today. <laughs> it was just something different, but it's uh, we're just seeing a lot of it. Uh, we are a lot, a lot of things, and never, I guess, never be afraid to ask why. Why do we actually do this this way? Yeah. And if the answer is uh, always and, and I don't know, then perhaps you don't need to do it that way. Yeah, so the two answers are, I don't know, we've always done it that way, are probably things <laughs> that you can go go investigate. Right? Yes, that's right. Uh, you may actually find that, depressingly, what you've been doing for the past five or ten years is no longer a required part of the process step. You can actually stop doing that. And hmm. Yeah, certainly. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Nick. Cool. And, and thank you. And if you do like what you, you see or hear, make sure you give us a like, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss. Um, this has been The Wind Down. Thank you, Scott. It has indeed. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.